Hi, I'm Beck Rayner and this is the Military Wife Life Podcast, a podcast that celebrates, empowers, supports and embraces the women behind the military men by building connections, acknowledging our strength, focusing on self-care and our mental health. Let's do this together. This episode of Military Wife Life is proudly brought to you by Defence Bank. Serving those who protect us, Defence Bank have the largest on-base branch network with 37 locations around Australia. They have Army, Air Force and Navy covered. To find your closest branch, visit defencebank.com.au. Welcome, Rose, to the Military Wife Life podcast. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. So you and your husband, Dean, have been together for 17 years. Can you tell me how yes. you met? So uh, we actually met when we were both serving in the, in the Navy, in the New Zealand Navy. As terrible as this sounds, he was actually, I knew who he was because we both did the same job, but we actually got together when he was my instructor on one of my courses. <laughs> Very frowned upon. But I like to think it worked out okay. <laughs> and how long were you guys together before you ended up leaving the Navy? And how did that come about that you ended up leaving the Navy? So I was in the Navy for 11 years. And so I left nine years ago. So we were together. We got married while I was in the Navy. And I had my first child while I was in the Navy. But I decided that it was time to leave. I had been to university and got a degree through the Navy. And I'd had a child. And it was, it was my turn to go back to sea. And I was like, no. Nope, I'm not doing that. I'm not leaving my children. Yeah, so it was it was really just my time to leave. So I had been um, a spouse while I was in the Navy as well as out of the Navy. So I've kind of seen it from both perspectives. How is that experience going from being a member and a spouse to being, I guess, a civilian with a civilian job and yeah. kids and a spouse? When you are in the military, it's quite interesting because it's like, well, whose career do you put first? You know, is it always his? And why is it always his? But in a way, it's also good because you know what they're going through with going away or things like that because you've done it yourself. But then when you leave, it's almost like you get, I don't know, you get cut off from information because you're not in the military anymore. You're kind of like, hey, what about me out here? You know, you only get the information that you're given from the support networks as opposed to, oh, I know that person's commanding officer or everything, you know, I'll go in and have a chat to them, you know, which you could do, but you can't do that when you are outside of the Navy. It's only what you get given is the information. And I guess whatever's filtered through from your husband, which, you know, can sometimes be um, not exactly the information you want to know about. Absolutely. Sometimes it's not enough. Sometimes it's too much. Did you ever feel after you'd left, obviously you'd, you'd gotten a degree and you were on to bigger and better things but have you ever felt like you missed being in the navy because obviously you you're still around it you're still within that space with your husband yeah i mean i miss the people the people are what make the military great you know i don't miss the job i don't miss having to do duties i don't miss having to report to someone i don't miss the fitness tests things like that yeah and with being a military spouse in some ways you still have a little toe still kind of involved in the military you know especially when you move around as much as we do you have to rely 
on the military to provide your friends and, you know, and your social activities and things like that. So you leave, but you never really leave. When you guys got together, obviously you're both in defense, but um, did you, I guess, know or have a sense of what you were sort of getting into by being in a relationship and having defense involved and having that as part of your world? Had either of you had any past experience with defense? Did you have parents or family members? members that have been in defense? We certainly had um, our parents were in defense, but not while we were alive. (laughs) They had both left before, you know, we were born. But yeah, so no, not at all. Had no idea what being a military family meant. When you're in the military, there's a lot of military couples. And so we were around a lot of like-minded people. And it's sort of how we made a lot of our friends with other military couples. To be honest, actually, the only friends that I really have from outside of the military that I haven't met either through my husband's postings or something like that are my high school friends, you know, the ones that I've had for 25 years sort of thing. How did you guys come about being in Australia? So my husband's job, he is um, an administrator by trade and there are three different jobs that he can do around the world and we have already done one of them, which was in Singapore. And so the next one that came up was Canberra. And so we talked about whether we wanted to move again and we're kind of like, yeah, let's do it. And so he applied and and got the job. Wow. So I guess your postings, when you say there's a few places around the world that you can go, it's not like you're thinking, okay, well, we're going from Victoria to Townsville where (laughs) you're going from New Zealand to another country. How did that work? Um, When you went to your Singapore posting, did you have kids by then? And how did you find that posting? The best part is we had two kids at the time and they were only young. I was actually on maternity leave with Quinn at the time. So leaving New Zealand wasn't a big deal. I didn't have a job. We had lived in Wellington for only six months. So we hadn't been there for long. We hadn't been there long enough to make a base. My son was still in in preschool and the other one wasn't even one. So it was the right time to do something like that for our family. We didn't even have to think twice. We jumped on the chance and... How did you go about finding, I guess, making friends? How does that work? So in Singapore, there is um, a huge American base. There's a lot of American military there and they've actually got set up a really fabulous spouse program, which basically on the very day I turned up, a spouse turned up to my house and said, by the way, I don't know if you know this, but McDonald's delivers. And I was like, oh, thank God, you know? And then we were invited to a game night that they hosted every single month. You know, they actually had a a proper committee. There was a president and a secretary and a treasurer and all that sort of stuff that purely looked after the spouses over there. So it was really easy to meet people. There was coffee groups, there were craft groups, all sorts of things. There was, um, you know, a playroom where you could take your kids. It was lots of opportunities to meet people and none of the wives worked because it was a lot harder to work in Singapore. So every wife you met was a stay-at-home mom. So I guess everyone had time on their hands and could really forge those friendships because you absolutely only had each other it was very very different than coming to Canberra that's for sure so did you go from Singapore to Canberra or did you have some time in between Singapore was back to Auckland and then six weeks later had our third child so uh, that was fun so we went back to this tiny little navy house in Auckland 
with no help. Yeah, just moved countries, all that sort of stuff. Husband went straight back to work. Yeah, and so then we were in Auckland for a year and then we were in Wellington for three years before we moved here. So how does it work with your husband being in the New Zealand Navy? Are you treated any differently because you're not Australian Navy? How does that work? Or when you come over or like when you went to Singapore, when you came to Canberra, you basically just slot in like you're an ADF member. Like how does it work? So for us, it's definitely in Australia. I have had to search out ADF help or social groups or things like that. When we got here, there was no information pack for us Kiwi wives. It's just kind of like, oh, Australia's like New Zealand, you'll be fine. When it makes no difference what country you're in. It's still a different country where you know nobody and don't know where to get the resources from. So I've had to very actively look for ways to meet people or I've had to seek out that we've got um, a couple of defense teachers at our school and one of my kids who was struggling to settle in when we got here and so I actually had to reach out to the defense teacher and say hi I know we're New Zealand military but you know am I allowed to talk to you sort of yeah so we haven't been given anything about the ADF and what they offer. And I think the same with if I wanted to find a social group, you know, I've got in contact with base here in Canberra with Duntroon. And when I contact them, they open their arms to me, you know, they're like, absolutely, you can join us. But I had to go searching for that. Are you able to get, so for instance, if you had something that you needed support for via the defense community organization, are you still able to access support through? them because you're over in Australia or would you have a different contact for New Zealand Navy to access support? I actually don't know. <laughs> it's something that I should probably look into. So I know we would get, like, I'm able to join the Duntroon community organisation, absolutely, but I would think that if I needed help with something more, then I would have to get approval from New Zealand and they would do something. So when you get given an international posting for instance when you went to Singapore and when you came to Canberra it's not like you get given an information pack going okay well this is your contact for New Zealand Navy if you have any problems for this or if you need any help with this there's a contact person in Australia who represents the New Zealand Navy and and they're your go-to person so I think that's my husband (laughs) oh gosh yeah and so which is great if we had been here three years and we knew exactly what we were supposed to do but when you just turn here and you get here and you've got questions you're like well I can't ask him you know he doesn't know either yeah (laughs) yeah but I think that's my husband's job is there a a small group of other people that have been posted from New Zealand yeah there's a couple of people that work with him so we're all very spread out and it's actually something that I have spoken to my husband about before is that the New Zealand Defence Force I mean there's about 50 of us here in Canberra 50 people but they're all in different locations so they're all doing courses here and courses there or you know they're based at the Russell offices or things like that so they don't see each other and then they don't have social get-togethers either they will do things within their groups so my husband works at the New Zealand Highcom so we do stuff with the New Zealand Highcom which is you know sort of eight people but that's it there's no big get-togethers for the New Zealand community which is mm. I think is a real shame and I've spoken to my husband about it and said you know this is something that I would really like to do while we're here I would like to get a coffee group once a month for any 
anybody that can come. Whether you're a, a spouse or whether you're a serving person, it would be great just to get some Kiwis together that are all in the same boat, that all understand what's going on and that can give advice as to where's the best doctor, where's, you know, things yeah. like that. Hey Military Wife Life community, I wanted to take this opportunity to tell you a little bit about the Defence Bank Foundation and the great work they're doing in the defence community. The foundation raises funds to support serving and ex-serving ADF members living with injuries or illnesses such as post-traumatic stress disorder. In 2019, the sole beneficiary of the foundation was the Defence Community Dogs Program, a specialised dog training program which rescues abandoned dogs and trains them through correctional services. 40 service dogs have been trained and given to veterans since the Defence Bank Foundation was established. The program gives dogs, inmates and veterans a second chance at life. Potentially 50 other spouses who are sitting yep. at home wondering yep, yep. who can I even yep. relate to, catch yep. up with. Yeah. So in Singapore, when you moved out of your house, the next person moved in who was doing the same job as you. So you left behind all your furniture and all that sort of stuff. And so you were able to give them a handover. You know, I had a whole document that was given to me. And when I left, I had a document that gave, was given to the next spouse and things like that. And because the American community, because we all lived in the same area as well, like all next door to each other, it was very easy to ask them questions. When I came to Canberra and that wasn't there, I was like, why is this not here? Yeah. I was... And I guess coming into Canberra, you're coming into like a different situation in regard to spouses have been in Canberra for however long and they're not all necessarily there on an international posting. So they've got yep. jobs, they've got yep. daycare, you know, they're not necessarily yep. always at the meetups and, and that sort yep. of thing. You mentioned you ended up obviously leaving the Navy and you had gotten a degree. How did you envision your career working alongside then your husband still being in the Navy? and kids and, and managing all of that? So I thought when I got my degree, I was like, the world is my oyster. I'm, you know, I'm going to be so successful, all that sort of stuff. But to be honest, I don't stay anywhere long enough to have a job to be able to climb up the ladder or anything like that. I get to a new place and I just have to get a job that will pay me so that we can pay our mortgage or pay our rent or, you know, things like that. So my career 100% has taken a back step to my husband. How do you feel about that in regard to obviously in a perfect world if you'd both stayed in the Navy you would know where you'd be about now if you'd yeah. stayed in for however many years? Yeah most definitely. In some ways it's good in some ways it's bad you know like I feel like my degree it was almost pointless because I haven't been able to utilize it as much as I would have liked but it was also our choice you know to take these postings and the postings have given us, have presented us with, you know, incredible opportunities and amazing friends, things that we wouldn't have got to have done if we had just stayed in Auckland and I had just sat in an office and, you know, and things like that and the people I've met and yeah. So I guess I would have to say that I'm happy with the decision that we made, you know, um, it's a shame I don't get to use my degree a little bit more, but it's been a great experience. So what is your field of work and what are you doing at the moment in regards to work-wise? Like, are you allowed to work in Australia? How does that work? So I am a virtual personal assistant, which means that I work virtually. And um, I'm basically an, an administrator for a couple of companies back in New Zealand. For companies that are too small 
to have an admin person or that's just not their line of work sort of thing, then they employ me and I do all their admin work. So I work for an engineering company. Um, and so he's only a very small business. He's only got three employees. So doesn't employ a full-time administrator. So I just do his payroll and his invoicing. And, and then I work for an, a brow bar. And again, I just process their payroll and any general administration they throw at me that they don't want to waste their time doing so that they can get on and do their job. And they yeah. were happy for you to take those jobs with you. Um, obviously, virtual assistant means that you can pretty much do it from anywhere, but they were happy for you yep. to do that in another country. And you know, Yeah, absolutely. Both uh, companies are very flexible and sort of, you know, and understand what it's like to have kids and, you know, and that whatever they send me um, is two hours behind. But yeah, so it does mean that they get emails from me at sort of nine o'clock at night, but that's fine, you know, because it means then that I've got emails waiting for me in, the, in my inbox when I wake up in the morning. So yeah, it actually works out really good. I've only been doing that sort of since we've been here in Australia. Before that, I was an executive assistant to a military person. So I was actually working in the military environment, but as a civilian. So did you guys talk about kids when you got together? Like, did you plan them around absolutely. postings? How did that work? Yeah, absolutely. So my husband from day one told me he wanted to have kids. And so very early on, we knew it was something we wanted. So um, I told him I wasn't having any children unless he married me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, married and had my oldest son, who's now 12. And that was really, it was really straightforward. We just said, let's have a baby. And we're like, okay. And it had to fit around my university semester. So he was born in January. So how did the kids go with moving in like internationally? Like that's pretty big moves for them as opposed to, you know, moving yeah. states or. Yeah. You know. So Singapore, not a problem. They were only little, you know, one and three, I think. This move has not been great. My five-year-old has struggled the most, I would say. She started school here. So she had been at preschool, the same preschool for three and a half years. And we took her away from her world, basically. She didn't know anything else. Took her away from her friends. We took away her control. And we told her she had to go to school where there were rules and she had to do as she was told. And so we had some serious behavior issues with her when she started school, which was quite an eye-opener for us because our first two, there wasn't any problems but we've got her sorted which <laughs> it took a lot and lots of conversations with the teacher and I met the head of kindergarten and all that sort of stuff but yeah so my oldest he copes really well he's on his fifth school the poor boy but he's learned the art of small talk <laughs> and the fact that he has to go and approach someone if he wants to make friends and my middle child he seemed to cope really well and he seemed to be doing okay but we're going through something with him at the moment and I don't know what it is but he hasn't been to school for two and a half weeks because every morning he feels sick before school <laughs> so yeah. I don't know I don't know what's causing it um whether it's stress related or anxiety so he's only been at school for a few weeks this year and yeah. I guess for you like that's a lot for you to handle on have on your shoulders with yep. you know you're still working you've yep. moved to another country country you've just got the five-year-old sorted you don't have yep. an exact support network over here that you yep. can turn to and you probably didn't even know what a dsm or a defense school mentor was when you came nope. over here nope no idea um, even 
needing to go to a GP because of COVID and everything like that to, yeah. I guess, talk about even if it was anxiety and about yeah, those sorts of We went to the doctor things. for the first time last week and I've got no idea if he's the right doctor. Just some random doctor I found on Google, you know, and yeah. Yeah, I don't know if he's the right one. So how are you feeling about coping with all of that? Last week I broke. I, yeah, I think it might've been the day that I was emailing you. I just... I just, I said to my husband, I said, I don't know if us moving to Canberra was the right thing for us to do for our family, you know? I don't know if all the stuff that's happening with my kids would have happened if we were in New Zealand, you know? Would my son be having whatever's going on with him? Would my daughter be having these behavior issues? I just didn't know, you know? We basically got to Canberra the day before the smoke rolled in. And so we had the smoke and then my car, my husband's car got smashed in the hailstorm and then COVID. Yeah, and I broke. And I'm very much a half glass full kind of person. And yeah, I burst into tears and said to my husband, I don't know this was the right choice for us yeah and I mean you don't even have that one person that you can that you've met that you can go and talk to so your husband is it Yeah. And he and he said to me, I get it. He's like, I totally get it. I know where you're coming from. And so I then spent the next day in bed. And he and he was good to me, you know. He's like, It's okay. You go spend the day in bed, you know. Yeah. yeah, I think also our car had been in for repair that day and I'd walked to and from school three times because I'd attempted to take my my son to school and then he rang up and said, No, he's too sick and I had to go and get him again and this was all while walking backwards and forwards because the car was in the shop and yeah, I did something like eighteen thousand steps that day without putting on any exercise gear or going for a walk. Oh, well, I mean, basically you earned yourself a tub of ice cream by the end of that day because like 18,000 steps, like why not? I think I brought cookies. Oh my gosh. So you're like, (laughs) welcome to Canberra to me. Yeah, it was basically, and anytime anybody goes, oh, it's not normally like this. I'll be like, oh no, it's because I'm here. Yeah. Oh, Oh, it doesn't normally rain this much. I'm like, oh, that's because I'm here. Oh no. Yeah, we go out and we try to go walk for walks on a Sunday and it will rain on Saturday night. I'm like, that's because I want to walk on a Sunday. That's why it will rain on a Saturday. <laughs> so, yeah, so if anything bad ever happens in Canberra, it's because I'm here now. Aside from all of that, like, how do you stay positive in the fact that even though, you know, you mentioned that you broke, like yeah. everyone has their moments and then yeah. I guess we just have to pick ourselves up and keep going. Absolutely. But how do you like not just go, I just want to go back to New Zealand? I think if you're the sort of person who is willing to go and do an overseas post, you know, and put yourself out there and go through the stress of moving and things like that, then when something like this happens, I feel like you can take a step back and go, okay, so what do I need to do to make this better? You know, what do I need to do? Who do I I need to talk to you know so I rung a couple of my friends and had a chat to them and I do have uh, one one girlfriend here in Canberra um, who actually works for my husband so she's also in the Navy she rung me up and said let me take you out for dinner and I was like okay so she took me out for dinner and I vented for you know for an hour and then I was like okay well that's done you know problem shared is a problem half sort of thing and talking to my husband about some steps ahead and what we can do and you know and then planning a holiday you know like that's what we came to Australia for we came here to explore to try new things so we were like right well what's something we can do you know let's plan a barbecue or I think we're going to go to the Gold Coast next school holidays, you know? And yeah, like start making the things that we wanted to do happen rather than sitting back and just letting the world take over. As well as all that you've been going through kids-wise and and all of that, like it has been a pretty crappy start to the year.
year with the bushfires and the hailstorm and then the yeah yeah, COVID. So it's like it has been a lot to handle. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Once everything sort of settles down, um, are you hoping to make use of any of the spouse support in Canberra? Like, have you scoped it out so when you know the time is right, you know where to go? Or yeah, so I want to join the uh, the Duntroon community organisation. It looks like they've got stuff going on, and I think they meet for coffee. I've just joined um, a couple of walking groups. You know, a woman's only one and a and a mixed one. So that's really cool. I'm getting out there. I'm exploring Canberra, and I'm meeting some new people. And the world is starting to open up again. So I am definitely willing to put myself out there and try anything to <laughs> to make new friends and yeah, and talk to people and discover yeah. the world that is Canberra. Well, I hope it it picks up a bit soon because like we don't want you going back going oh that Canberra that Australia yeah. oh, that's a crap place. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely picking up. It's definitely as you know as Canberra opens back up again, there's definitely a lot more going on. What support or information do you wish was offered when you were a new spouse? Obviously you were in the Navy, but you're not experiencing being a spouse solely when you're in the Navy because you're sort of in the thick of it. When you discharge from the Navy and you were a spouse and, you know, living sort of civilian life alongside your husband in defense, what information or what advice do you wish had been given to you when you're a new spouse? Probably that you're not alone. There are so many spouses out there that feel exactly the same as you do, you know, that are going through exactly the same thing or have been through it and can give you some advice. Don't sit at home alone, you know, if your partner's deployed, thinking, this is only happening to me, I'm so alone. There's so many, so many spouses, you know, and whether they have come from a civilian background and know nothing about the military or whether they come from a military background and that there's resources out there. Like I know in New Zealand, and I'm sure it's exactly the same for Australia, you know, there's Facebook pages you can join, there's community groups, there's play groups, there's all sorts of things that will give you help. Don't think you're alone in this because you're not. And so what do you do mental health wise to, what do you do to look after your mental health? Have you um, accessed any support in regards to that? Or do you do anything for yourself to look out for your mental health? So for me, I, I love to walk. I love to get out and walk. So I find that really good. I also love going to the beautician. I love getting my nails done and my hair done. And then no, it seems something quite superficial, but they're things that make me feel good about me. And it's an hour away from the house just to get my, my breath back after being at home with the kids or things like that, or just to say, here you go, husband, you can do bedtime routine tonight. It's just little things, I think. I also make my husband step up. You know, I don't see why just because he works from out of the office, he shouldn't have to do stuff. Is there anything that you've learned along the way that you can let us know about? With the routine, the complete opposite. I might just do whatever works. You know, if you move quite a lot with the military, you've got to be used to being adaptable. And for me, if I have a strict routine, then something happens or my husband says, I've got to be duty this night or I've got to go away for this or whatever, then you've got to adapt. You know, I mean, there's a routine to a point, but after that, I think sometimes it's okay to just 
saying, screw it, we're having takeaways for dinner tonight, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Rose, and talking to us about obviously something that probably a lot of us hasn't sort of thought about, and that's people coming from international or on an international posting and I guess feeling their way around a new country and new country. fitting in with, yeah. you know, what is going on over here, but still being part of the New Zealand Navy, but trying to fit in over here with all that sort of yeah. goes on with the fence over here. So thank yeah. you so much. My pleasure. I so hope you were able to relate or take something away from today's episode. There are definite ups and downs to military life, but let's get the conversation happening so we can see that we are all in this together. We are all just doing our best. So until next week, you got this. Let's do this together one day at a time. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this episode has touched you, helped you, or given you that extra confidence to keep going, to continue to hold down the home front, to continue to do all the things, I would so appreciate it if you could pop into Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review, a comment about what you would like to hear more of, or just some encouraging words. If you want to suggest a guest, I am always looking for new people to talk to. You can do that by jumping over to the website www.militarywifelife.com.au and clicking on our podcast page. I would love to hear from you. 